chapter 40, verses 18 to 24. With whom, then, will you compare God? To what image will you liken him? As for an idol, a metal worker casts it, and a goldsmith overlays it with gold and fashions silver chains for it. A person too poor to present such an offering selects wood that will not rot. They look for a skilled worker to set up an idol that will not topple. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood since the earth was founded? He sits enthroned above the circle of the earth and its people are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the canopy, the heavens like a canopy and spreads them out like a tent to live in. He brings princes to naught and reduces the rulers of this world to nothing. No sooner are they planted, no sooner are they sown, no sooner do they take root in the ground than he blows on them and they wither and a whirlwind sweeps them away like chaff. The second reading is Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1 to 14. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are in God's possession, to the praise of his glory. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, uh, Tim. Thanks, um, Cherry. And um, 
If you've been with us on these Sunday evenings, we are looking um, through this uh, opening chapter of Ephesians, and we have uh, called it what you have when you have Jesus, what we have when we have um, Jesus. Um, and I'm sure you probably saw something like this on TV this week. Um, a, uh, a teenage girl appears on the news, um, and uh, she. Uh, the one that I watched, she was from, I think, the northeast somewhere. Um, and uh, very sort of ordinary background and a very ordinary school and had worked very hard um, all of her uh, school life. Um, talked about the fact that her results have always been really high. She's always worked really um, uh, and uh, diligently. Um, her mock exam results were really excellent. And she had just been given her exam results this week and she really couldn't quite believe them. Uh, you could actually see in the interview she was uh, slightly fighting back some tears as she tried to make sense uh, of them. Uh, she had been downgraded. She had been marked down. Uh, now, it has been a tough week for uh, students. Uh, it has been a tough week for parents. Um, I imagine it's been a tough week for statisticians. You might spare a thought for them. I imagine it's been a tough week for politicians. It's been a tough week all round. Uh, but it has been a tough week particularly for those who were very aware that others have done okay or done well or done what they needed and that sense that she had been downgraded and marked down and asking, was I just not as worthy as others? Was I just less worthy uh, than others? And it's been kind of heartbreaking if you heard the stories. There have been a good number of them around. I'm sure I'm not surprising you with anything. But that question, am I less worthy than others, really matters in life, doesn't it? Our sense of value placed on us. Actually, Tim, if you were listening to our um, service this morning, Tim spoke about the importance of it. Actually, we're, we're made for that sense of uh, needing to know the value of who we are. The value that we have really counts. Am I less worthy than others? Are others just more important than I am? I think it works through all of life in lots of ways, doesn't it? Depending on what your sphere is, you might go to a work event. And you walk into the work event and... These days you don't walk into them, do you? You'll go up online. But if you were to walk into a work event these days, you have that sense, that question, am am I just less experienced than everyone who's here already? Uh, You go perhaps to a conference. Um, Am I less qualified than those who are here? Uh, Perhaps you go to a party, a social event, or did in the past. And you look around and you think, am I just less good looking than others here? You meet, if you're a parent, some are parents here. You meet other parents and you think, am I just less good a parent than they are? And you come to church, and I suspect if we're honest, we come into church at times thinking, am I just less worthy than others here? Am I less of a Christian than they are? Are they just better Christians than me? Now, if we're honest, I imagine we've perhaps had that feeling at some point, and many of us may have it here at this evening, even in church. And I'm going to just try and answer that question. Am I less worthy? Does it matter? Uh, in about seven more minutes, if I can, in, from these verses. 
from Ephesians 1. We've been looking at them. Um, I want to pick up verses um, uh, 11 to 14. So if we move on to the first, I'm just going to read those verses uh, 11 and uh, 12 for a moment. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. Now, Paul, who's writing, is telling a long story in just a couple of sentences here. Um, And in fact, can I tell you that these verses don't really apply to you and me? It's a remarkable thought, isn't it? Uh, A couple of verses in the Bible, they don't really apply to you and me, not particularly, unless you happen to fall into a certain category. He's telling a long story, and he's telling the story of how God called the Jewish believers, first of all, to believe in him. So he's put there, you know, he says, we, we were this and we were that, uh, we were chosen, uh, and we were called uh, to be part of this plan, he says, uh, that all, uh, we were the first to put our hope in Christ, that we might be for the praise of his glory. He's telling them uh, God's plan, he's going to be using a shorthand, if you like, we know it as the story of God calling a nation uh, through Abraham, bringing them out of slavery, forming them into that people, giving them a land, uh, moving them into the land that they were to have, giving them kings and a kingdom. You know, perhaps you've heard this story told here before, and pointing them to this Messiah who would come, and giving them, the Jewish people, the Messiah. He's saying this was all. We were the first. He's talking about them uh, as the first believers to put their hope in Christ, and that it might be for the praise of God's glory. We were brought this weekend uh, a gift. Somebody uh, brought us some sourdough bread. Now, I understand this is all the rage during lockdown. The making of sourdough bread is like a long project, apparently. You have to sort of, I don't know, curate and incubate and nurse and care for and otherwise up, bring up like a child this, uh, this sourdough mixture. And then when, when the long plan unfolds and you do all the things you're supposed to do with mathematical precision, you eventually can get it together and then you can bake it. And, you have, and it was a really lovely sourdough loaf that came our way. It was uh, really nice, very, very risen and crisp and very tasty. But it had been a long project. And this is God's long project of his people. And Paul is just using a shorthand. He's saying that we were the first to believe in all of this. We were the first to be called. And it was a plan that God had. And it was a good plan. And it might be that so that we, the Jewish believers, could, could be the, he could, he could point to us and say, look, isn't that remarkable? And we were to his praise and glory. So that was his long plan that came to fruition. And then, can you see in verses 13 and 14, he changes and he goes from we, if we go on a slide, Brusola, to you. So now he is talking about you and me. By the way, if you have a long Jewish heritage, then then consider yourself in the ancestry of uh, verses 11 and 12. But for the rest of us who don't, you were also included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, when you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Now, he likes to pack in his long words into one sentence. But here, do you see, he says, you, you were included when you believed you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. Now, Paul is writing it to the Christians in Ephesus. He's writing primarily to those who weren't Jewish by background, who had come to the faith, And he's saying, we were the first to believe. And do you know what? You guys, 
you've come to that same belief. And they may well have been those in Ephesus. We talked about this over these past few weeks. It was a a fascinating city, lots of temples to other gods, lots of worship of other gods going on, a really eclectic mix of life. They may have been those who thought, well, we've come to this party late. We're not the Jewish believers. We don't have that background, that heritage, that pedigree. Are we lesser Christians? Are we as worthy as they are? What if I hadn't been to the right school? What if I hadn't got the right family background? What if my life is a bit of a mess because I spent years of it worshipping other gods and it's really messed with my head? What if I am less worthy? And you see, he says, you are believers too. You are included You have been given the same things, and particularly you have been given the seal of the Holy Spirit. You've been given the seal of the Holy Spirit, and he's saying, you are really in. You are really meant to be here. Um, If you've ever been to a concert um, where they give you a kind of wristband when you go in to show that you're meant to be there. Or perhaps you've been to um, an event in my days. I have been to some university uh, events and university balls and things like that where they put a, a mark on you. They put a stamp. Somebody's got a, a, a kind of thing and you put your mark. You've, it's, as you go in, it shows that you're meant, excuse me, you're meant to be there. You are, uh, uh, you're, 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 you're allowed in. Uh, you're welcome. And it's like a seal that's on you. And so when you're walking around, and you might be walking around thinking, I don't know, do I fit in here? And you look down and you think, yes, I do. I've got this seal. Somebody comes up to you and looks at you as if to say, should you be here? And you look down and you go, yes, I have this seal. I should be here. And he's saying, you Ephesian Christians, you with out the Jewish heritage that I have, he says, you are meant to be here. You are welcome. You have the same things that we have. He says you've got this inheritance. You, you are God's possession. You are to his praise and glory as well. Can you see what all he's trying to say is, isn't it great news? You are here and you should be here. Am I less worthy than others? Paul says to them, yes. You, so he doesn't. He says, no. He says, you are worthy. He says, no, you're not less worthy uh, than they are. You've got the same worth, the same blessings, the same future. Now, why is this important for us? Do you know it means this? And, and do know this if you don't know it. With God, there are no second-class Christians. With God, there are no second-class Christians. There's no more worthy Christian and less worthy Christian. On God's train, there's not a first class area where you get to go to if you've got the right background and the right level of knowledge and a second class area where you end up in if you don't and that bit at the back near the toilets with the bike racks and the foldy seats. There are no second class Christians. And I know we can find ourselves in churches and we've, we look at others and we think, oh, they just seem better than me. There are no second-class Christians with God. 
and we can I, we can do it. I, I do it. I find myself going to uh, to conferences. It's amazing how I, I, I find myself going to conferences and think, I just think they they just must be better than me. It's amazing. I go to them and I think, gosh, you're just better looking than I am. You must be a better Christian than I am. Isn't that weird? We look for other markers, don't we? I'm sure we do. We, 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 we find ourselves looking at, we compare ourselves. We compare ourselves with how we look. We compare ourselves with how we feel about ourselves. We compare ourselves with our sense of our own mental health, with things that we've achieved in life, with certificates we have, with job titles we've got, and we compare and we contrast. But you know, with God, there are no second class Christians. And Paul was writing to tell them that, to reassure them of it, and to delight in it with them. They were just as as much a part of this glorious story of being in Christ as he and his fellow Jewish believers were. We're going to listen to a song in just a moment, and it's a song we often sing, which speaks of Christ, our, our cornerstone. And it's talking about the just the solid foundation we have in him, and he's talking about, uh, there's a line which says, weak made strong in the Saviour's love. You might say, uh, second class made first class, if you like. There's no, there's no difference. Those who feel themselves to be weak are made strong in him. There are no second class Christians with God. We're going to listen to this.